So with that in mind, let's go ahead and get started with the word of prayer. Let's get into God's word and hear what the Lord has to say to us. Not my words, but the words of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time that you have given to us to sit before you quietly now and hear you speak to us. We thank you for your presence. We remember over and over again that where more than two are gathered in your name, you are present. And Lord, we welcome your presence right now. We thank you for this time of fellowship. We thank you for our church. We thank you for our pastor. We thank you for all that he has done as well, too, to just listen to you speak as he speaks to us about your truth. We pray now, Lord, that that same truth is conveyed. We pray, Lord, that you just bless us as a group, as a people, and give us the mindset to be more and more vocal about you to others at the appointed time when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. We thank you and we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. With the recent events regarding Russia and Ukraine, there has been a recent uptick in discussion pertaining to the fulfillment of biblical prophecy and speculation as to where we are right now in the continuum as far as the end times is concerned. A lot of discussion about that. And if you watch TV this morning, there's, there's ongoing discussion about where are we in the end times? What is biblical prophecy? What is happening right now? Pat Robertson of the Christian Broadcasting Network recently came out of retirement to publicly state that Russian President Vladimir Putin was, quote, compelled by God to invade Ukraine as a precursor for a massive end times invasion of Israel. Now he cited Ezekiel 38 as an indicator that what was happening now is the beginning of the fulfillment of prophecy. Now while this world event about Russia and Ukraine is significant, no question about it, Um, I personally think that comparing what is presently taking place to the reference in Ezekiel 38 is a bit premature. And unfortunately, Robertson has a history of sharing prophetic messages that have not shown themselves to be accurate. If you just go back and look at his history, you'd see that. He's done that before. He may indeed be accurate about setting the table for a possible future event, but that's really not a stretch, okay? Uh, but there is much more that needs to take place before we get to this Ezekiel 38 moment, okay? Pastor Adriel Sanchez of North Park Presbyterian Church in San Diego stated on his corechristianity.com webcast that Ezekiel 38 refers to a coalition of seven nations coming against the people of God. Seven nations. He cautions those who look to Russia, Ukraine, and other events as cataclysmic to not be obsessed with worry or consternation or having a doomsday perspective. It's just not the right approach. It's not the right approach. Pastor Sanchez wants everyone to take comfort because, here it comes, the Lord is in control. He has always been 
in control. His statement rings true. Let's take a look for the the record at Ezekiel 38. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Ezekiel 38. We're going to focus on one verse. Verse 16. Ezekiel 38, 16. Ezekiel 38, 16. All of the verses I'm reading from uh, for this message will be from the English Standard Version. Please follow along in yours. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud covering the land. In the latter days, I will bring you against my land that the nations may know me. When through you, O God, I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. Now, it's indeed important to seek the Lord in times such as these, but we need to recognize, even in the midst of what may ultimately be the fulfillment of prophecy, There is nothing happening where God is not aware or involved. There's nothing taking place in this world today where God is not aware of it or he's involved. If anything, we should be encouraged by the opportunities that present themselves about our reasons to feel good about what's going on when it comes to the gospel. We need to tell others to not be fearful of things like wars and rumors of wars or even the threat of World War III. That's been bounced around quite a bit. World War III. We are to focus instead as to how God will show himself with power and might to everyone as he promises in Ezekiel 38. He's going to show himself with power and might where no one's going to question it's God in our midst. Amen? That's what we need to be looking at here. We're not doomsdayers. Let the pundits, let the people who want to get attention or call attention to themselves by saying, hey, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. The bottom line is that God is going to show up and he is going to show everyone his majesty, his might, his power. He's going to demonstrate his hand and show everyone without a doubt that he will prevail and that he is Lord over all. So for this, we should be encouraged. And for this reason, we need to be ready to speak. Ready to speak about Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Amen. Ready to speak about Jesus. Because, you know, a lot of folks, when they see stuff like this on TV or whatever's going on, they start tripping. They really do. What's going to happen next? Well, believers in Jesus Christ really shouldn't be tripping about anything. I'll just say it. Amen? Amen. shouldn't be tripping about it. We know what the Bible says. We know what prophecy is all about. We know that there are a series of things 
that are going to take place because we know that every prophecy spoken in the Bible that has not come true yet will come true at some point. But we need to be ready. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's take a look at verse 15. 1 Peter 3, 15. We need to be ready to speak as a people. If you want to do anything like extra homework or spend some time in the Word, go for it because that's what we should be doing. You should be in the Bible. And of course, we've talked about this several times that we uh, kind of endorse a two-year Bible plan here in our church because we know that a two-year Bible plan is going to be where you're the most successful in staying with the Word. If you try to read the Bible in one year, the entire Bible, it really is tough to do that. Unless you just got nothing else to do. If you want to do it, that's fine. But we recommend a two-year plan because it stretches it out very nicely. And when you go back over it again at the third year and the fourth year, you just might discover some things you didn't see the first couple of times. Amen? But look what it says in 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. You know, some people are genuinely scared about the events of today. They're genuinely concerned. And they look at you and they wonder why you seem to be just happy and jovial and going about your business and doing what you should be doing and remembering to pray for everyone. And they sincerely will ask you, how come you're not tripping? And you'll tell them, because I have the peace of Jesus in my heart. And I, and I know that everything that's going on right now is not strange to him. He's aware of what's going on. And I put my hope in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? That's how you answer it. So you're being nice about it. You're not going back and saying, what's wrong with you? How come you tripped? Of course you would never do that. Amen? You're always going to be kind to people. Because people genuinely don't know or understand. For the believer in Jesus Christ, the indwelling Holy Spirit should always bring us back to a place of comfort. Comfort and confidence that the Lord is in control. Comfort and confidence that the Lord is in control. Do you believe that the Lord is in control? Do you believe that he is taking care of business? Amen. That's where we always need to be. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power. And love and self-control. That's what it says in 2 Timothy 1.7. These are all passages that reassure us and remind us that when we dwell in the Lord, He gives us what we need. Not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. Now, I'm going to give you some passages now to follow here. Look at these passages and note the common theme being conveyed in each of them. Three different passages. Turn first to Psalm 56, 11. Psalm 56, 11. 
Psalm 56, 11. Now these will go quickly, so be prepared to move accordingly. Psalm 56, 11, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Amen? Amen. I love that. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Now flip over to Psalm 118. And let's look at verse 6. Psalm 118, verse 6. Psalm 118, verse 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. Amen? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. Now please go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. Hebrews 13. Verse 6. If you haven't gotten the theme already, you'll get it with this one. Hebrews 13, verse 6. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. I think you get it, don't you? What can man do to me? You have to understand something. When we're talking about giving the words of the truth of the gospel, what is there to be fearful of? What can man do to me? There is no need to be fearful about speaking up for Jesus. Why? What can man do to me? Let's take the worst possible scenario. You have confidence that you have Jesus Christ and you have a place to go when you leave here. Okay, worst scenario, he takes you out. Then you're in glory. Don't ever fear the ones that kill the soul or kill the body. But, you know, don't worry about it because they can't kill your soul. What can man do to you? And remember, anytime you face opposition, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. You are in a living embodiment of Jesus Christ if you're living in a Christ-like manner. It's always attack against him. If we have faith and believe God's message here, he will embolden you to speak up more and more about Jesus Christ. I mentioned recently that there was a rush on Bibles in the Ukraine to the point that they were sold out. Right now, there is a real worldwide hunger 
for God's word. And perhaps the events of the time is driving that. We need to talk more and more about being in a relationship with Jesus Christ and keep speaking about his goodness. And not just his goodness, but his greatness. His greatness in this moment, and from this day forward, keep speaking of it. Amen? This is very important because of our current position in the timeline of the end times. Time is indeed short. Amen? Time is short. And the return of Jesus is imminent. Please take a look at Matthew 24. I'm going to have you look first at verse 42. Matthew 24, 42. And of course in Matthew chapter 24, uh, there's also a passage that says the end will come. Jesus promises there is an end coming. So we need to understand that this is all part of the process. It's all coming along. It's coming forth at some point. And the things that he speaks of in Matthew 24 is lead up to the end coming. But let's look at verse 42 to make sure that we understand what our responsibility is. Verse 42 says, therefore stay awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Amen? Amen? You do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Now move over one chapter to chapter 25. Matthew 25. Go to verse 13. Matthew 25, 13. And these are Jesus' words, by the way. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Those people who were predicting about when Jesus would return at the day, time, hour, whatever it is, they wind up looking like fools. Because Jesus is very plainly saying in his word, you don't know when I'm coming back. Amen? He says it. Just like the class that we're taking right now in Sunday school on biblical inerrancy, a lot of people will try to criticize the fact that copies were made poorly or whatever it is about the original manuscripts. Well, it doesn't take away from what the original manuscripts say. We, in our fallibility, make mistakes. Human beings make mistakes. It happens. And I believe with all my heart that those mistakes of copying that were made, I've always wondered, why do we have so many different translations? Well, we have a lot of different translations because man is going back and looking at what was done, and they're fixing things. They're making corrections. That's what we have to look at. God in his wisdom said, we need the word around us all the time. And we got to go back and check ourselves and make sure that what we're doing is accurate. But you better believe one thing. The Bible is 100% truth. 
100% truth. Let's get in the mindset of talking more and more about Jesus. We share the goodness of Jesus with others because he has been good to us. Amen? Has he been good to us? And we want others to experience the goodness of God's salvation and eternal life in Jesus Christ. We want others to experience what we experience as believers. Amen? Some of y'all are quiet because of the time change. I really believe that. (laughs) I'm not going to pick on you. It is what it is. It is evident today that the followers of Jesus Christ have their work cut out for them. The life and times of today's world present great challenges each day, and it requires everyone who is serious about Jesus Christ to answer the call in the effort to proclaim the gospel to all who need to hear it. To all who need to hear it. Within the midst of Jesus' command is his assurance that each believer in facing the world's challenges will not be alone. Here's a passage you should know very well. Go to Matthew 28. Let's look at verses 18 through 20. We really need to make sure that we have, first of all, this passage memorized. If it's not memorized, you need to memorize this one. Because we need to understand that when Jesus gave us this great commission, he is assuring us that we are not out there on an island all by ourselves. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's the end. That Jesus speaks of in Matthew 24. To the end of the age. Always with you. He's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Believers. The greatest difficulty in a believer's ability to carry out Jesus' command. Is not in the power of Jesus Christ and his working of the spirit but rather in a lack of self-confidence. Believers sometimes suffer from a lack of self-confidence when it comes to conveying this truth. While the desire to be a testimony of the gospel is there, the world's going to challenge that testimony at every turn. Amen? It's going to give its own onslaught of opposition. So now this combination, a lack of confidence, rooted in a lack of faith in God's abilities, coupled with the world's resistance of the gospel, presents obstacles that can effectively stop a believer in his tracks. Just keep that person quiet about speaking about the truth, speaking about the gospel. A lack of faith, a lack of confidence, the opposition, 
will stop you if you allow it to happen. Let's personalize this now. You, the believer, must overcome fear. You must overcome resistance that prevents the effective proclamation of the gospel to those who need to hear it. And you know who needs to hear it. You already know who needs to hear it. Amen? Amen? You already know who needs to hear it. For many believers, this is an accurate portrayal of where they are in their spiritual life. A lot of believers are quiet. They're quiet. The good news is that you can move beyond these fears with the help of the Holy Spirit, but the believer must assume the responsibility of taking the initiative to grow and develop in his or her faith in order to be successful. How do you do that? Read. Investigate God's word. Study. Meditate on his word. Let the spirit speak to you. God enables every believer in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, but the believer has to acknowledge the spirit's power in order for him to work in your life. Is not God all-powerful? Amen? Is not the Holy Spirit able to reach every person? You have to believe that. You should expect setbacks to occur because Satan does not want to see people come to know Jesus. Amen? We know that. He doesn't want to see anybody successfully come to know Jesus Christ. I'm taken by Matthew chapter 4 that we read this morning when Jesus was in the wilderness talking to the devil himself. And every time Jesus went back to the word of God and spoke the word of God. Now, the devil did too, by the way. But you got to come back and look at context and look at how important context really is. Everything from the mouth of God is truth. Never let the one who resists the message of the gospel deter you from keeping up the effort to share with others. Okay, so you get shot down in one place. Does that mean you just stop altogether? You keep talking. Keep in mind something. The Spirit knows what's going on. Amen? If a person resists you when you say something, you don't just stop talking, you just keep going. Talk to someone else about it. Keep speaking about it. That person who resists you one day may come to be a believer down the road. Your job is to speak the truth. You let the Spirit take care of the rest. Amen? Some of this seems very obvious. The reality is, we need to be reminded sometimes of what God really can do. God does amazing things far beyond what we often conceptualize. Far beyond what we conceptualize. 
Does God speak to people in dreams? You bet he does. Does God refer to himself in dreams? You bet he does. You just keep speaking up about Jesus Christ. That's what we have to do. You've got to stay in a close relationship with Jesus in order to recognize growth in your own ministry in what you're saying and doing. I'll just drop Pastor Gus's name because he's sitting here looking at me. He's been a pastor of this church for a long time. And I'll bet you he would tell you himself how much he's grown over the years as he's ministered to you. When you start out as a brand new pastor, first of all, we don't think we know everything. I hope we don't. (laughs) Because we don't. (laughs) You have to keep staying after it. And that's true for you too. You You and I need to get before the Lord and stay with Him. We overcome fear and trepidation by relying upon the loving presence of Jesus And the ongoing reassurance and sanctification of the Holy Spirit. Thank goodness for the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. Teaching and admonishing and doing all the things it needs to do to help us to grow. Our closeness starts with the Word of God because He is the living Word. Please turn to Psalm 119. Let's look at verses 104 through 106. Psalm 119 verses 104 through 106. Psalm 119, verses 104 through 106. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. You see what this is? This is a commitment. You get before the Lord and you stay before the Lord. 106 is saying, I've sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. That's a commitment. That's what we need to do. You must read his word, investigate it and meditate on it in order to convey his truths to others. Go back to the first Psalm, Psalm 1. It's fun to read this one. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. You want to be blessed? The first psalm tells you how to be blessed. The first words in the first psalm tell you how to be blessed. Blessed is the man, and we know that also refers to the woman, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. What's your daily routine? 
Your daily routine should be that you're in the Word in the morning or in the evening and that you're praying all day long. That's your routine. And that's in spite of everything that's going on. We use all kinds of excuses to not do things. Amen? Amen? We use all... I'll repeat that. We use all kinds of excuses to not do things. Amen? Amen? Amen. Yeah. So now we have a routine that we should be establishing. If we want to be confident in the Lord, stay in the Word, seek after Him, stay put in the Word, and focus on it. You've got to read his word. You've got to investigate it and meditate on it to convey the truths. I didn't read verse 3, did I? He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit, its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. It's good to have notes in case you've missed something. Didn't read verse 3. There we go. You are to be the messenger of the gospel to others to testify about the great value of God's word. Be the messenger for Jesus that shares God's truth. You're a messenger. Develop and strengthen your faith in Jesus. As you build your relationship with him, strengthen your faith. Go back and remember the things that he has done for you to remind you of his goodness. And you know what? There might be a prayer out there, a lingering prayer out there that hasn't been answered yet. Do you believe that God is faithful? He truly does everything according to his timing, and it really is good timing. Not our timing. That's what's tough sometimes. We sometimes lose faith because a prayer isn't answered the way we think it should be answered. Or it doesn't done in a certain time we expect it to be done. But the reality is God hears it. He listens to every believer. He hears it. He knows about it. He's aware of it. And what he tries to do while you're waiting for his timing is give you comfort in the midst of your waiting. Please recognize that. Recognize it. It's tough though. It's tough if you're scuffling. But everyone can say God is good. Amen? Amen. Amen. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. We have to build our relationship with Him in faith because He becomes more important than those things of the world that at one time meant something to you. There was stuff in the world you thought was more important than anything that you're talking about right now. But Jesus gives us what we need now to recognize that the things of the world are a lot less important. And Jesus is much more important. Galatians 5 verses 16 and 17. It says in verse 16, but I say walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. 
Drop down to verse 24. Same chapter, Galatians 5. Drop down to verse 24. We're going to read verses 24 and 25. Galatians 5, 24 and 25. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Amen? Keep in step with the Spirit. Your growth in Jesus is in the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody. If you really want to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ, stay in step with the Spirit. The Spirit's going to give you what you need to be successful in your growth. That means you have to allow the indwelling Holy Spirit to work and not for you to go, no. The Spirit's going to give you what you need to be successful, but you have to be a willing participant. You're able to speak more effectively for Christ because you have comfort in His presence in your life. Get comfortable with the Spirit. That's a good place to be. Amen? And that comfort gives you rewards too. Please go to Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. And this is a reminder of what Jesus says in Matthew 28. It's a reassurance. It's an assurance that is given to us. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. When you share Jesus, do it with focus and determination. No need to be having any trepidation or fear. No need to be meek in your speech. If you really are confident in Jesus Christ, guess what? You'll speak boldly for Jesus. Share the benefit of growth in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 34, verses 4, 5, and I'm going to read verse 8 for you too. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. And then verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You know what? Think of the most tasty thing you can ever eat. Is it cornbread? Is it barbecue ribs? For some of you guys, it's fried chicken. I know. Y'all need to quit. This fried chicken thing. But if it helps you to recognize how good the Lord is, just imagine Taste to see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Amen. Jesus Christ is our blessed assurance. Our closeness to him helps us recognize the positive results in our life. What are those results? His comfort. His grace. His mercy. His blessings. 
to name just a few. Amen? It's important also to share about how it is to trust Jesus and remain obedient to his word. Our speech must convey the love of Jesus Christ. When we all get together and we have fellowship time, it's an expression of love, isn't it? We're you know, loving each other, looking after each other, praying for each other. We should be conveying that same message to total strangers. Go to John 15. Let's look at verses 9 through 14. Total strangers. Have you ever ever found it was really funny? You can go to a place like a store and people start talking to you. Amen? It's wild, isn't it? But it's wild in a good way. Because something is in your eyes, in your demeanor, in your facial expression that is inviting and people will talk to you a total stranger and just talk about stuff. That's the spirit working in you. Don't ever doubt that. That's the spirit working in you where you're ready to speak to someone because you've been prepared to speak to someone. John 15 verses 9 through 14. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. When you're abiding in God's love, people can see it. People will see it. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Verse 12. This is my commandment that that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Stay obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. His commands are worth paying attention to because this is what he tells us to do because it's indeed good for us to do it. Stay obedient to his word. Of course, all of this requires faith because obedience does require faith. Amen? But he's ready to assist us if we seek after him. We need to know in order for us to share what we know. We need to know about his goodness. Take a look at John, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John 5. We'll look at verses 13 through 15. You want more self-confidence? Look at these passages here. Look at this passage. And I say faith because we have to trust that what God's word is saying is true. Amen? That's the whole point of looking at what the Bible says. We are relying upon the truth of the Bible. If the Bible isn't true, there's no need for us to be here today. Amen? Amen? I'm just asking because that's really important. 1 John chapter 5 verse 15 or chapter 5 verses 13 through 15 excuse me verse 13 I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of god that you may know that you have eternal life and this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us 
And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. Remember what I said earlier? If he knows what you're asking, he knows what your heart is, he knows what's important to you. We just need to have faith that he hears it, he understands it, he knows of it, and that you're important as a result of that. And sometimes we just have to stay faithful and true when we're praying and we're praying continually, continuously for something and you want something good to happen, you want something to happen, the Lord knows. Be faithful. Keep praying. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. In order to effectively share the love and goodness of Jesus, it requires a, con- a consistent and persistent, get those words? Consistent and persistent series of actions that will help you grow and develop your faith. How do we do it? First, a meticulous study of God's word with prayer and meditation. In other words, do your reading, do your studies every day. Not just reading the word, but what? Investigating the word. Remember that? Living in his image. The eye is for investigating because reading the Bible is not enough. You've got to dig deep. You've got to get into the word. Reading is cool, but investigating is much better. Amen? It gives us greater understanding. We need to have a desire to be obedient to Jesus' word too. You've got to live in a Christ-like manner. You've got to stay obedient to his word. You can't just be obedient one day and disobedient the next. Consistent and persistent obedience. Amen? A boldness to speak and act in a Christ-like manner with the ability to share freely and without fear and endure any potential persecution because we have to endure. Amen? Endurance is all part of this. But it's just like anything else. If you get knocked down one day, you get back up. Amen? If you get knocked down one day, you get back up. Because not every day is going to be a great day. But you keep moving forward. The more that you learn about Jesus, the more that you will readily share with others about him. It's a natural progression. As you follow his command within the Great Commission. We are in the Great Commission. We are part of the Great Commission. That Great Commission does not stop. It continues. Especially today. The world needs to see the faith of every believer in Jesus Christ. The world needs to see that. Does someone come to mind that you know that is waiting to hear about something good these days? There's nothing better than the love and goodness of Jesus. Nothing better. Pray as you move about and minister to others. As the Spirit leads, share about Jesus. Keep sharing and don't stop talking about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Don't stop. Keep sharing. Father, we just thank you for your truth. We thank you for the reminders of how we need to be confident in our faith as we speak about you, 
and trust in you. And Lord, where we lack confidence, help us, Lord, build us up. Give us what we need by looking at your word and studying your word. Help us to understand more and more about who we are as we come to you and look to you. As you inspire us to do more and do greater in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you're teaching us. And Lord, we thank you for the Great Commission. We thank you for giving us the confidence to speak your truth. Bless us, O Lord, as we go forth. Help us to remain consistent and persistent in our efforts to serve you. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.